Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey guys, welcome to Chief Concerns, part one of our two-week-long Super Bowl preview. We're here with our hosts, former tight end Jason Dunn and former cornerback Eric Warfield. Today we're breaking down the Super Bowl between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and our Kansas City Chiefs. And to help us do that, we have one of the best fullbacks of all time and longtime Kansas City Chief, Tony Richardson. Tony, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. You know, it's obviously, you know, great to see uh, two of my brothers. Uh, you know, I got the I got the pretty odd bandit of uh, Warfield. <laughs> and I got the man that's going to be late to his own uh, uh, yeah. funeral service. <laughs> I, hope, I, <laughs> hey man, I hope so. Hey, I say it all yeah, the time. I, I, yeah, hey, look, I hope I am late to my own funeral. I hope I am, you know? <laughs> J, J.D., you're going to live to be about 200 years old because they ain't going to never be able to show up on time. They're like, man, we like to say a few words about JD. And all of a sudden, JD, you go walk in there. Here you go. Here you go. Here he is. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be about 200, JD. By the time we go get a picture, <laughs> lay you to rest. <laughs> well, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Now, um, so before we get into what we saw last weekend, um, I think this is just something that I think a lot of Chief fans have noticed is that we, we've become in just, you know, two or three years, we've become that team that everyone hates, right? Everyone loves to hate on, right? Patriots were that team of the last uh, 15, 20 years. And now it seems like already we have become that that team. Why, why is that? Do you guys remember when you guys were playing the team that you guys like, oh, here we go again? I mean, was that... I guess oh five oh six was the Patriots were you guys already like in that in that zone when the Patriots already began when they started their dynasty? It's just a matter. I, the hate comes from a you know other team fans. You know everybody wants to see their team and uh, represent in the Super Bowl. They want to see their team successful. Uh, you know I was I can't say that I was a part of a Chiefs team that was that had that that uh that kind of a run, but my college team had that kind of a run. You know we. We ended up winning three national championships out of the four years that I was there. And uh, people used to hate here in Nebraska, Nebraska, Nebraska this, Nebraska that. Uh, but that's how it is when you're winning. Uh, it's because those other fans want to see their teams in those same situations. So you get a bunch of the, you know, the, the non-supporters uh, that, that come out with all that, that, that scrutiny and bad talk. But, uh, I mean, hell, I, I don't mind it. Let them keep coming out as long as my team's winning. Yeah. Yeah, I feel, I feel like, especially with, like, the Patriots, you know, through that whole era, I think initially, like, the first few years, you were, like, you tired of hearing them, but then it's just, like, you know, obviously when I came to the Jets and they were still rolling, I'm, like, you're still dealing with these cats. Now I'm in their division. It really became, you know, within, like, internally, like, players-wise, like, you know, only team we really hated was the Raiders, obviously, for obvious reasons, and Denver kind of toward the end, we didn't really like them clowns too much. Uh, but the Patriots, like, you know, when I came to becoming the Jets, I'm like, it's just, a, it was a level of respect because you understand, like, how hard it is, you know, year in and year out. And, you know, so if teams want to hate the Chiefs, then hate them because at the end of the day, they're one offside from being in three, three. Super Bowls. You know what I mean? Three. And to be able to have that, 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 you know, to have that and, and the thing about it, which, you know, not to take anything away from Tom Brady, but, you know, Mahomes is 20, what, four, 25? You know what I mean? So, like, this dude got a long time to go in the fact that you look at their roster and it's like they got nothing but young players and young players that, you know, that's going to be around for a while. And so you look at that team and, and what Andy Reid's been able to accomplish, you know, and I guess kind of a short period of time, you know, now working with uh, with Mahomes is, is nothing but uh, amazing. You know, you look at 
you know, Bill Belichick, that was a run that it took a while. It wasn't like the first year Tom started playing and all of a sudden they had that type of success. You know, it was, it took some time. And with the Chiefs, it's, it's you know, for me, still being a Chiefs fan, it's, it's, it's crazy. And I don't talk junk because I'm just like, oh, you just, just turn on the film. I ain't got, I ain't got, you don't yeah. say nothing when you got <laughs> running by everyone. So uh, I ain't got to say a word. I just show up and watch the game. <laughs> Yeah, you know what, I, I think a lot of it is, is, is two things to it, right? It's, first off, is you know, when, when you are winning and everybody's getting tired of seeing, you know, of course, Patrick's doing a little bit more commercials. You start seeing that little, little you know, hair, curly hair up there and, you know, talking with that, that voice. You know, you start seeing some of that and, you know, the success that teams have, you know, people, yeah, they're going to definitely hate on it. Like you said, you know, you want your team there, but also, too, you know, part of it is like, look, let somebody else win, right? Let somebody else do this. And, and so... They just been so dynamic what they've been able to do the last two years uh, in the record. So we, we're talking about a two-year record, right, of just regular season. I mean, they, they just been really just, just whooping tail, man, and just taking names. They really have. Yeah. So that's a lot of where the hate comes in. And, of course, it's just a projection because you want to be there, right? I, you know, I hate the Chiefs because they want to be there. So, look, you know, New England got for a long time, and, I, you know, I, I hate it. Hated seeing them win. And, you know, you always root for the underdogs. You really do. That's, yeah. that's what you kind of, you know, you're trying to do. Root for the guys that don't have a chance to, like, give an opportunity. It's almost the same thing now, like Tom Brady. Look, I'm not really a, a huge Tom Brady fan. But the guy's success, we can't take anything away from him. But somebody's like, look, somebody asked me today, is like, do you want to see Tom Brady win? Or do you really care? I'm like, look, I want the Chiefs to win. I want to see Mahomes get another win to start this dynasty the right way. Tom, he's yeah. won six already. He's been 10 Super Bowls. 10. Same. Come on yeah. now. Hey, look. Yeah. It's yeah. Hey, go ahead and retire, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny too, JD, you say that because it's like, I think when the Patriots were having their run, like it was at Boston. I live in, you know, I'm right here in New York. So it was at Boston kind of like stuck up, like, you know what I mean? And they were like so yeah. exposed and, you know, but everybody, you know, you hear, but you, I don't think one person's ever said one thing negative about Mahomes. And it's about obviously his, his family, his upbringing the way he carries himself, like all of that right there. It's like, if, if you hate on him, then you need to go pray because it's like, how you gonna, how you gonna hate on this man? Like it's right. done nothing but, you know, be a team leader, um, you know, support his guys. Like, you know, when obviously the, you know, uh, the player had the, uh, I think it was Hart, was it Hartman, Nico Hartman that had the, the fumble? Uh, yeah. You know, right yeah. Before, and then who was the first person over there? You know, Mahomes and like, that shows a lot of maturity and like, how can you hate on a guy like that? You know what I mean? I don't think I've ever heard anybody say anything negative about him. Mm -hmm. um, other than him sounding like Kermit the Frog, but outside of that, um, yeah. you know, it's all good. But yeah, so you can't, you can't, you know, like the, the Patriots, like they were just like so arrogant and all that kind of stuff. Where the Chiefs, like I haven't, I really don't see the hate. I see just the fact, like JD said, just the fact they, the other teams wish they were there and they wish they had that type of quarterback and they wish they sure. had some. They had they two. Most teams don't have two players. If you combine their speed, can run as fast as uh, as the cheetah. So, so that one cheetah is faster than two guys combined. So. Hate on you once, so you can't catch him. <laughs> but you're also in a different region, of T, uh, T. Rich, because you know that that um, you got basketball that kind of plays into it with the Knicks and the Celtics. It was basically bigger with the Lakers and the Celtics, but also with the Red Sox and the Yankees. Yep. Like that's that's yep. as big as baseball got uh, when it came to uh, sports. So that little rivalry played a lot into it, and then you have the obviously Jets, Giants against the Patriots. Yep. So uh, you know that that kind of made that that rivalry uh, kind of bitter uh, amongst fans. Yeah. 
right? And I think a little, a, a little bit about why the Patriots were that hated team. Of course, they were winning all the time, but also you have the tuck rule, you had the, the spy gate, about a lot, a lot of shady things that went on, which added to people. Oh, you know what? I don't like them because they're, they're not winning, because they're winning. I, I, I don't like them because the shady stuff that's going on. So that, that added to that mystique. Yeah, shenanigans is what I call it. Shenanigans. Is, you know, yeah, shenanigans. Look, yeah. Man, look how long how look how long how drop how drop was. Like we went what 69, 59, which one of those years? Since we won a Super Bowl. Yeah, 69. Yeah, 69, 70, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Let us enjoy the moment. Let us dwell on this. Yeah. You know, you got other teams that yeah. got Detroit Lions have never won once. So like those teams I understand. Right. But yeah. for us, it's been forever. Like I never thought I would see the day the Kansas City Royals would win the world championship. They got one. Just because yeah. we were in Kansas City at the time, too, Rich, they were bad. Like, they were just yeah, bad, sure. bad. And so, all of a sudden, yeah, you, think you about it. They went like, to back, back-to-back Super Bowls, world champion, back-to-back yeah. Bowls. So you get, and so you get yeah. to see them experience it, and all of a sudden, you know, we make the right pick in the draft with the right player, and all of a sudden, we're sitting right there uh, with a ring on our finger. Well, they are with a ring on their fingers. Uh, yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's a joy as a fan, as a former player, to, to finally have that, you know? But but maybe yeah, I, maybe I got people, what they what they're seeing also too, man, is is the future of everything, right? Because these guys are so young. Like you said, Patrick Mahomes is twenty four years old. Travis Kelce ain't going yeah. nowhere anytime soon. Tyreek Hill ain't going nowhere anytime soon. So they see these things like, look, in the next really like four years, four or five years, these jokes will keep doing it year after year. They keep everything tight, you know. Keep Andy and then whoever decides, you know, whenever Andy decides to hang it up. These guys are going to be tough, man. They're going to be tough to beat yeah. with that that group of guys, that core group of guys there. They're gonna be hard to beat, yeah. man. And it's the same thing like with Brady. Brady had Bruski, he had Brable, you know, he had, you know, uh uh, uh McGinnis, you know what I'm saying? And, and some of the wide receivers, yeah. but hey, they're gonna be tough to beat. Period. Yeah. I, I got I got I got a question for y'all because I get I get this question quite a bit. Um if say if Mahomes went to a different team and didn't get drafted into that system, is Mahomes still Mahomes? What do you, what do you guys think? Because you know, for me, I'm just like I. You know, Jimmy Ray would have a heart attack if if, uh, if Patrick would have rolled right and threw left. He he, he would have tore two ACLs. <laughs> but you think about that, like not a lot of uh, a lot of coaches are gonna be like, man, you can't you can't do that. You know what I mean? But the fact that they allow him to just be him and like and it works. Like this cat rolls all the way right and sling that book. That's like quarterback one on one based on what I know about quarterback. You don't right. ever do that. Yeah. Yeah, but but T-Rich, you got you got to go out. You got to go out and show it first before they give you that kind of leeway to go out and do do to do do those kind of plays. Like we were talking a couple yeah. weeks ago, like we got one of the most complicated playbooks I've ever seen within a uh, NFL within a football program, college or pro. Mm-hmm. You know, we got guys running backside coming routes going the other way. You know, pitching to, to fullbacks running underneath and tight ends running underneath. We, we do we we have almost a backyard game book, but that's we can yeah. do that because of our quarterback. If he wasn't, if he didn't have the tools and the talent that he had, no, nah, we wouldn't get away. He he wouldn't be allowed to do the things that he's done. You know, and, and it's yeah, that's, uh, that's almost and, and and also too. That's kind of a good point. Like 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 Tibbs was talking about. So like it was like Stephen A. said the same thing. Like look, if Deshaun Watson was in Kansas City, he would be Patrick Mahomes. I don't believe that. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't believe that yeah. whatsoever. No. Look, Deshaun Watson had D Hop down there. You know what I'm saying? He, he didn't had a, a, a David Johnson. He had a, 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 what in, a what's his name? Uh, oh, the Fournette. Was that the, the running back? Uh, oh, I can't think of his name. But, but I just don't think Deshaun Watson has the talent that exactly. exactly from Deshaun. He's a great right. talent, great, great quarterback. Yeah. He's a great talent. He's just not able to make the plays that Patrick can make. 
Right. I mean, we're talking about a special, like you said, a special talent man with a special arm who make any throw that you could possibly think about making. He can do it. Yeah. So, but even his scrambles, like he takes out running and he takes a little stop and guys just run on by. Like it's like he's yeah. playing around out there. So mm-hmm. he just has a different yeah. knack for football than, than, than everybody else does. Yeah, I was at the. Uh, I was fortunate. I came with uh, the commissioner last year for the AFC Championship game, and uh, right, I think it was a play right before the half where they needed a big play, and he scrambled and went in and scored. I'm like, that might be the greatest play I think I've ever seen. Like he, I think it was like a 30 yard run or something like that, and he. Stopped and then went in the end zone. Yeah, like, yeah they, they don't have no chance. That was um, that was unbelievable. That was like unbelievable. I don't think I've ever seen a play in football like that ever, and probably won't ever see another one like that. And especially because the, the the game is so fast. Like <laughs> I didn't realize, you know, coming from college to the pros, like the speed of the game goes up to like different levels. You know, you got guys out there that are like six five, three hundred pounds, is running four or five easy. And so, yeah. uh, you know, they're getting from sideline to sideline. And, and he's just out there, and it's not, it, he doesn't even run that fast. And he's out there just making big plays because of that's just his playmaking ability. He just has a, 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 an awareness for the game that nobody else does. And, and he, he's, he's able to use his talents a lot different than most players. So I, I can't say that he, that if Deshaun was, you know, with, with our system, just give him our exact, exact same team, that he would be able to make the plays that, that Patrick does. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, uh, so we're going to go to our first question, uh, which is uh, the game, going back to the game AFC Championship on uh, Sunday. Chiefs won 38-24, going to, you know, back-to-back Super Bowls now. What were your initial takeaways from, from this one? I know there's a, lot, there's a lot of different takeaways here. People say they lo- love the way our offense is going. People have been talking about the secondary. Eric, I'm sure you noticed some things from the secondary that you loved. Uh, but what were, what were you guys' uh, big uh, takeaways from uh, Sunday? My overall take was I was pleased with it. You know, I know we went back and forth, you know, fighting about – uh, the running game and trying to get certain guys established. Well, heck, we didn't even know if uh, CEH would be back, and he came in and he played well for the uh, for, for us. Um, but Patrick having the, the significant injuries that he had with, with the concussion and only playing with you know nine functional toes came in and, and put on a hell of a show. So, but that's what he does. That's who he is. So you wouldn't expect uh, nothing much, nothing less from him. And to see the two guys, our two main guys, step up the way that they always do every single game. You know, Tariq Hill and, and, and Travis Kelsey. You know, and I just got a phone call from a former player yesterday. Like, how are they not able to stop these guys? And you got to – who are you going to – who are you going to – like, who are you going to double? You know, mm-hmm. you, you can't double Travis. You can't double Tariq because the rest of the guys are going to pick you apart. So, you just got to play an honest defense hoping that you can stop them. Yeah. I think the thing – I think the thing that stuck out to me was, uh, you know, just the, the, the resilience of uh, – you know, get being down. Obviously, you know, the Bills jumped up. I guess it was 9-3 or something like that. And for them to be down and just not waver because they've been there before. Like, you know, obviously last year they were in two games in the playoffs that probably could have, you know, most teams would have folded, you know what I mean, being down and they just kept coming back, kept coming back. So I think just the fact, like, now they have that confidence, like, hey, if we get down by 15, even in the Super Bowl last year against the 49ers, you know, play here, play there. But, you know, they never, they never waver. And I think the calmness, that they all showed collectively of like, you know, everybody, no one got up, no one got down at all. So I, that's the thing that probably was most impressive to me. It was just like the fact of how they stayed together and, and just continue to just, you know, keep working together. And cause eventually, like you said, like I'm sitting there on the same thing, like some, somebody gonna have to stop one of these guys and they can't stop either one. Like I think the game out of the game when they played in uh, Vegas out of the Raiders, 
I think it was written. No, it might have been the Chargers. I'm not quite sure. And it was the end of the game, and Travis Kelsey standing flat foot in the end zone, wide open. I'm like, you know the ball coming to him, y'all. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, like you know, and they, they weren't even close to him. <laughs> I'm talking about nobody. It was like from here to where we. I'm like, what y'all doing? What defense y'all in right now? <laughs> he could have gave so, a fair uh, catch. <laughs> it, it literally, it looked like a fair catch. He was just like, I'm here. Um, and so that's the thing that you know, obviously. Don't, I'm not getting into like predictions or anything like that for the upcoming Super Bowl, but you just can't stop. There's too much stuff. Too much stuff going on. I mean, there's in the speed of the game in which they're playing. All of a sudden, you prepare for this one week, and then they do something like you said. That playbook is extensive, and you know now you give Andy Reid two weeks to prepare. Man, I'm telling they might they might fly me down there, have me run a fullback wheel or something. <laughs> you know, you know? <laughs> I'm having to pull both hamstrings, <laughs> but you never know. It's crazy, like. They just be pulling stuff out of the hat. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, this matchup coming up. I, I tell you what, and, that, and that's kind of, I'll, I'll piggyback off that, man. It's, it's, it's probably the, the creative way that they actually run the football. So they, they get away from the traditional way of doing it. CEH comes in, makes, you know, some yards. Williams comes in, makes some yards. Then all of a sudden they get regular on the, on the, on the reverse. And then they, you know, yeah, start pitching, yeah. and, you know, give it to Tyreek Hill for the first down. And so the creative way that they run in the football, you know, because they had to do it the traditional way is what kind of stood yeah. out to me. Because I'm just like, look, you need to get this running game going, right? Because if not, they're just going to sit back and allow you to throw one at knee. And that's what one thing they was just like, look, if we play this way, we can get them. Well, what do you do to make teams honest? You got to run the football. You got to make a defense yeah. honest, man. You got to make them cover the entire yeah. field. And so when you start doing that with the speed that you have, then you get, hey, look, you know, put in this guy's hand, put in this other guy's hand. And so yeah. it's just that the creative way that they, they run the football. Another thing, too, man, I think just defensively, it, it, it was really kind of a, not just, just maintaining, but these guys, they, they was able to hold it up when they needed to. You know, they, they stepped up when they needed to. Thornhill played a tremendous job. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Tyreen, uh, you know, Matthew, Honey Badger played a tremendous job. Thorson, yeah. uh, defensive ends, I mean, they, these guys came up big when they needed to. And so you need that, especially like in the, in, in the championship game, but then when you get to the Super Bowl, hopefully that carries over, that momentum carries over into this, this next game. Because you're going to need it. I mean, shoot. Yeah. The thing is, man, these weapons coming up, and I know we'll talk about that. Uh, but this is, this is you know, it's going to be a different animal from what you played with the first time. So yeah. uh, I think the defense, man, going to do a good job in the very next game. But that's what kind of stood out to me was those two things. Oh, yeah. Now, we kind of alluded to this uh, before um, we got to the first question was the um, – what it means for this city. I know you guys played there for a long time, but what does the potential of a back-to-back -back mean for Kansas City? And I'm, I'm sure you guys have a lot of feelings on this one, a lot of emotions seeing the fans that, you know, that would come out for you guys for all these years. And, you know, finally they're getting this, you know, maybe a dynasty. But what is yeah. your kind of uh, thoughts on that? I mean, it's, it's basically to me, like, you know, we finally made it, you know, the first one was something that solidified, well, I wouldn't say solidified, but it, it gave us, something that we've been wanting for so long is never thought you'd ever get it. And all of a sudden you finally got that, that hump off your back and, and you got to the big dance and you wanted it all. Uh, so now it's a, it's, a, it's a matter of going back in and, and, and solidifying who you really are as a team, as a city. You know, are we just a one hit wonder? Or are we just gonna, are we gonna be this, are we creating a dynasty? And I think with what we have at quarterback, uh, it's good to say we're creating a dynasty. I think that we can bring in a lot of, uh, whether young talent, old talent, uh, to stick in our offense 
to where uh, Patrick's going to make them look good no matter what. So, Yeah, I, I think for me, um, you know, since I guess being in Kansas City since 1995, it just really – I was blown away, like, being in the locker room and, you know, Mr. Hunt, Lamar Hunt, coming up to me. And I think my sister was deployed at the time. And he walks over, like, hey, how's your sister Sean doing? I'm looking like – Man, first of all, how do you even know my name? <laughs> let, let alone let alone know my sister's name. But you know what? And that's the thing, obviously, you know, JD and uh, Edub can attest to. Like, we always wanted to be able to present that trophy, you know, that bears Mr. Hunt's name. That has his name. The Hunt yeah. family. Exactly. And so, obviously, we came up short, you know, a play two years ago. And then last year when I was at the game, just to see that emotion, because it was like, that's, that's all we really ever wanted to do. Obviously, because we know if we present that trophy, then we're going, we're going to the dance. And so now that you know it's been accomplished, it's just like now, like like you dub said, it's like building that that dynasty. And it's like finally, because we all we had always said that, man. Like if we ever win a Super Bowl in Kansas City, man, this place is gonna be nuts. You know what I mean? Like because the fans were all Ooh. our fans were always so supportive, and we always been saying that. Like man, we you know we came you know close to at least you know especially in the playoff or. We never had a playoff win, but at least having some really good years. And, and our mind would be like, man, if we ever get a chance, because the love yeah, that the fans nice. would show us, you know, was always so great. But if we ever got a chance to get to that dance, man, can't say that. I would like, they'd be dancing in the streets. And so obviously we saw them dancing at that parade. I watched from the yeah. house. And man, it was just, it was insane. I, I mean, you've never seen, and now people send me pictures of like how Union Station is lit up, you know, before the AFC Championship game. The whole city is red. Like that, you know, it's just, you know, I saw the Royals and I was like, okay, that's nice and that's the blue and all, that's great. But I was even telling my boys, I said, man, the Chiefs ever make it to the Super Bowl, man, you, you're going to see a parade like none other. And if they get it done this year, man, they're going to have, they're going to parade going to probably start in New York and make his way all the yeah, way down yeah. to Kansas City. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, yeah, they're going to be like, COVID what? Yeah, COVID what? And you ain't going to see a mask in sight. <laughs> At all. So that, that, that was, yeah, so that, that was always my thing, just being so happy for the Hunt family because what they've done for Kansas City, what they've done for all of us, you know, just the family that they've been, you know, to be able now to have that trophy and to be able to get it again and, you know, now going to represent Kansas City is, uh, is what it's all about. Okay. So so I'm going to go a different way with it. So what did it mean to the city? I'm talking about just in commerce, talking about building the city up even more for what it is. Now you're talking about actually getting a pro basketball team there, right? Might be one of those things now that the, the real talks about getting somebody like that there. You can walk down the street with your chest up high because that ain't just like, you know, Kansas City, oh, is, that, is that where you're at? And it's now look, now we look, we're on national television every other week, you know, showing the game. I mean, it, that's what it is. It just brings so much just to that area in itself, just to the Midwest. And so when you're talking about just the credibility, I know it's even that's the credibility that you get, you know, you need credibility. And so now Kansas City is yeah. credible, right? Them jokers, oh, yeah. look, they are the ones, they the ones everybody got to come for. So, you know, when you decide to come out to the Plains, Kansas City, we ain't just talking about like Kansas and what, what, you know, what city is Kansas City in? Is it in Kansas City, Missouri? Look, everybody's going to know where it's at, where the stadium is, what it's all about. It's just going to bring a whole different just uh, energy just to the area, man. So I I think that's what it is, just commerce in itself. But I'm thinking, man, you're talking about pro basketball team at this moment. I mean, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny, too, because Dante, uh, Dante Hall, you know, lives not too far from me. And he'll tell you, uh, obviously, the, the restaurant actually closed down. But there's a Kansas City, what it was, a Kansas City sports bar, like two blocks from my apartment. Mm-hmm. And you now, like when I'm in New York City, I see people walking down the street with Chiefs gear on, like like swagged out, like hats, <laughs> championship hats, shirts. 
and even at the at the bar, they panned um, at the Super Bowl. They panned the the local bar down the street to. We had there was two hundred there was two hundred Chiefs fans in there packed in there watching the game. So right. now it's like you said, it's it's not like oh where's Kansas City? No, you know now when you see that when you yeah. see that arrowhead, you see the championship hat. I don't care, it's, it's everywhere. Like I, you know, up and down. Obviously, you know, it's a pandemic, so you don't see that many people out. But you see a lot of people out now rocking uh, all around the world, and everybody knows, yeah. that, you know, Kansas City's on the map. We we were uh, tubing in uh, uh, Lawrence, Indiana, which is maybe like about an hour outside of Cincinnati. And so when we're up here, I'm looking at all these people that, you know, on the hills and stuff like that. And the guy is letting the people come down on the tubes and whatnot. Got a big old Kansas City shirt. I'm like, oh, where did he come from? <laughs> from? Where did he come from? Yeah. <laughs> and he just, like you said, man, he's rocking his gear. You know, I, of course, I had my my, my, my uh, toboggan on, you know, with the Kansas City. Yeah. So, of course, you know, everybody's like, oh, Kansas City. Yeah, Kansas City. Yeah. You know, I had my mask and see who I am. I was like, yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah. Mahomes, you see it. He was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it's what it is, man. So I don't even care if you're that's a the, fan. You just jumped on the bandwagon. I'm good. With you good with me. So we good. So, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, since you say that, it's, it's um, and I, I I keep making the comparison to Golden State. Like, Golden State came out of nowhere and all because of Steph Curry. Yeah. And we got, we almost have the same thing with Patrick Mahomes. You know, this little kid out of nowhere comes up putting up astronomical numbers. And, and you, we think it's a fluke. All of a sudden, he comes back the next year, he does it, wins the championship. Right now, he's in a position to win another championship. You know, you were seeing Steph Curry jerseys all across the U.S., Golden State jerseys. Nobody cared two cents about Golden State. Yeah. And now, you know, top-selling team and merchandise and everything right now. You know, Kansas City's kind of right there doing that same thing. And it goes uh, it goes a long way with social media because you got such a broad perspective that you can, you know, uh, market to instead of like what we had, you know, all we had was was a newspaper. And every now and then you get a just because yeah. something if you did something good or did something bad, but like now it's you know, uh, social media has made things such a uh, such a wide open uh, perspective to where you can find fans anywhere and, and, and be a fan from anywhere, yeah. Yeah, we had, we had to deal with uh, Jason Whitlock lighting us up. You ain't kidding. <laughs> oh, <Lord. laughs> yeah, remember those days. Dude, hated me. <laughs> Man, he would give us that uh that report at the end of the year. He lighting people up. You cutting to the white me, bro? Like uh, harsh. <laughs> Like, man, this man got a family. You over here talking bad about yeah, people. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because, you know, it's got to a point, like, you know, you're on social media and you're arguing, you know, as a fan, you know, arguing with other fans. And you see all these other fans that if you're a Chief fan, they think you're a bandwagon. They think you just jumped on board two years ago. It's like, nah, I've been around. I've, I've been around for a while here, buddy. Like, I'm not, I'm not just a new fan. But, right. like, it's come to the point now where – when I was a kid in, in elementary school wearing a Chiefs jersey at school, no one would ever say, oh, bandwagon. People are like, oh, you're a Chief fan? Oh, that's interesting. But then now it's like you wear a Chief, you, you, you have any, support anything that's Chiefs related. It's like, oh, bandwagon, you must be a new fan. So it's – Yeah. It's I, was at a, I was at a sports bar watching the Cleveland game. And these girls had flown in from Missouri. I didn't know they flew in from Missouri. And so uh, I, all I had was the Chiefs hat on. Everything else was just Nike stuff. And so uh, after the game, we won – the girl's like, so I'm, I'm assuming you're a, you're a bandwagon, huh? I was like, yeah, that's me. I'm one of those bandwagons. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I got a bandwagon. So later on, some dude walks by, like, oh no, he played for the Chiefs, and so she was so embarrassed. It's like, yeah, you know what? 
That's what I'm saying. <laughs> hey, 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 Mahomes is getting he getting that basketball money too. So that's you ain't kidding. That's what you know you made it. Yeah, he getting that Steph Curry money. But so moving on to this week, you know, or next week. But um, on Monday we learned. I thought this was kind of interesting. So Sammy Watkins and Le'Veon Bell said on Monday that they would they're ready to go for the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, the day after the AFC Championship game, that that game's just as important. I, I would think that you know they'd be ready to go. You know, they're ready the day after the game that we played. I thought they'd be ready to go. So I I was kind of questioning on that, but that wasn't the big news Monday. So those two said they're going to play the Super Bowl, but then we learned that Eric Fisher did tear his Achilles for real on Monday, um, and then so that means we'll be without uh, Mitchell Schwartz, our right tackle, and Eric Fisher, left tackle, when it comes to the Super Bowl. Um, how much of a concern is this going into next next weekend against Tampa Bay's front? Are you guys concerned at all about, you know, and I, Jason, you've alluded to the, our offensive line kind of struggles we've had recently. Um, what kind of concern is this for you guys? Uh, I'll tell you what, it, 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 to me, man, it, this, the concern is, you know, when you have the type of pass rush, the defense, defensive line, the front that they have with Tampa Bay, it's, good. It's, it's, it's a big concern. It's a major concern. And the thing is, because if you, if you know, if you had time to, to get the ball out of your hand, I mean, Patrick gets that quick release, him getting the ball at his hand wouldn't really be that significant. But if you don't give him enough time and the pressure that's coming in is, is going to be tough. It's going to be tough to handle that, especially with a guy that hadn't been in there. I mean, Fisher's your best guy on the offensive line, right? And then all of a sudden he gets hurt. And then you got this guy that has to protect the backside of the quarterback. Woo, man, that, look. And I'll tell you what, I know for a fact, it, they, don't, they don't mind taking extra hits if they need to. I mean, this is, this is the one game that you're like, look, just keep leaning on him. Keep hitting it. Whatever you need to do to disrupt it. Yeah, he, he has, uh, you know, he just was in uh, uh, concussion protocol a couple weeks ago. He's got a bad toe. He got the turf toe. Look, step on his toe when he go by him. I don't give you, you know, just kind of hit him. Just give him a little bit here. So it, it's, it's going to be those things that, that you know is going to come out. And so like I said, man, it, it, look, this, this is do or die right here. This is for the whole thing, the whole, you know, <laughs> you bang on this whole thing. So that's a big concern for me. Uh, but it's it's going to be tough. It is. It's going to be tough, man, against a defense. But if we could hold up, and I, and I look at it like this, you know, having T. Rich in there, you know, I don't think you have to do max protection, but you got to do something to chip maybe those guys, you know, of course, uh, on the defensive end side, and, you know, just kind of pick things up. Patrick does a great job now as far as slide his, his offensive line, his protection yeah. certain ways. And so if they could just make sure that they understand that aspect of it, that way he can get the guys up and give him some time to throw. So that's it, pretty much. Yeah, I, w- I have to agree. So I had uh, Eric Bieniemy was my running back coach uh, when I was with the Vikes, mm-hmm. and so he would and AB would he would AB would put the uh, the pass protection each week. So each week we had a plan, you know, based on who we were playing. And obviously, you know, we had obviously a Brian McKinney, and he was you know Big Mac was probably one of the best offensive linemen at that particular time. But we always had to find ways to you know be creative and I think this will be no different because now you're going to have to you got to move him in the pocket he's not going to be doing seven step drops I mean that just uh, with JPP out there you know you got Sue in the middle you're not you're not doing seven step drops I mean occasionally you will to kind of maybe keep them off balance but you can't make it you can't you can't have it like Jimmy Ravy said you can't have a steady diet of that so uh <laughs> you uh yeah you you're gonna have to keep him you got to move him out of the pocket you know what I mean Plays like obviously uh, Henny ran, which was that sprint right option. So that play, you know, that we threw to Tyreek to get the first down, to, you know, to secure the win, getting them on the move, you know, those kind of things, screen draws, 
you know, getting the guys up the, up the field, but it won't be, it will not be a seven step drop type of game because it just, the tackles can't hold up. You know what I mean? And that's no knock against the guys who are going to step up and play. It's just the reality. Like them cats get, they get paid too. And them cats can get after the quarterback. So uh, we can't get him hit. And that's the biggest thing. We can't, you know, this ain't the game where we need him back in, you know, on for, in concussion protocol or on the sideline. Cause uh, this ain't, this ain't the game you putting Henny in there. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I like the backup quarterback, and I, I believe this ain't this ain't the game. This ain't the game you want him to uh, want him to have to go in there. So no, 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 they don't have a plan. No disrespect to him at all, right? No, oh, no yeah. disrespect oh, to no, him. Not at all. Yeah, no. this is what it is. No, yeah. mm-hmm. man, JPP a monster out there, man. You don't, you don't want you don't you don't need that type of drama in your life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, see, that's why I say like Buffalo's got a great defense. Buffalo's got a really good defense. Yep. And when, when Fisher went down, I thought that – I can't think of the guy's name, the backup. He came in, he did well enough. Uh, and I think that with our offensive uh, coaches and, and assistants, that we're able to, to scheme something up to protect that uh, that front side. Uh, is that the front or back side on the left? Back side. Uh, that's going to be the back, back side of yeah. quarterback. And then you have a quarterback, uh, a running back that's obviously going to sit that side and, and chip and help, the, and help yep. him on the back side. Uh, the main concern with, with, with Tampa is their secondary. You know, I, I thought going into the, the, the game in the season where we played them, we beat them pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, after they played a horrible game against L.A., and L.A. had two receivers that just chopped them up for, for 300 yards. I think that our, our, our receivers core, including the tight end, is going to be too much, even with the, the pass rush that they have. You know, Barrett's are, Jack Barrett is one of the best in the, in the, in the NFL. You know, Jason Pierre Paul, uh, Paul um, he's been one, a great pass rusher since he came into the league. And Sue, Sue also. So they had and, and two good uh, linebackers and Levante David and the other guy. So they have a great front seven. I just think that we have way too much offensively overall that even with Fisher being out, we will come up with enough of a game plan to protect that backside. Yeah, and one thing JD, JD had made mention earlier, Talking about last week, the concern with the running game, the best uh, the best recipe to throw that pass rush down is a running game. Because all of a sudden, you get that running game going, you get the momentum going, then you can get into your play action, your seven set. You can start doing those kind of things. But, uh, you know, if Brady starts popping big plays, all of a sudden it's, you know, 21-10 or something like that, and then we're forced to have to pass the ball, and your quarterback then has to seven, seven, seven drops, you don't, you, that's not what you want. Because that thing can no. go – I mean, it, it's really – the recipe for what the Giants, when they had Tuck and when they had, and that's what they were like, man, we got it. You know, they once they once they got it, got into Brady's mind and hit him. Yeah. Then they just took they took him out of the game. So we can't have that situation where you know now we're forced to have to pass the ball and you get that pass rush, <laughs> you know, coming up the, coming up the field. So we don't we don't need that at all. But and and uh, what I'll say is this, T. Uh, the, the good thing about uh, with, with the Chiefs. They're a first pass team, right? That's what they do best. You know, so that's true. You know, let's make you know become a one-dimensional on the pass game, shoot the plays in their favor. I think sometimes what you do is now you do that little delay, you know what I'm saying? Delay run, you know, mm-hmm. uh, oh yeah. Just get up the field a little bit, you know, Williams act like he's gonna chip, maybe a couple little uh, um um you know, oh shoot, not slants, but I'm I'm thinking of God, screens. Screens, yeah, yeah, You know that you run yeah. is going to open it up too. So it's it, that's the best way to try to negate it because we're a first pass team. Get their running game going. You know, being more creative mm-hmm. with the running. You know, the running game and 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 so forth. 
uh, like you said, to negate that, that pass rush because it's going to be their strength, right? It is. Uh, but Sammy's going to be back. And I heard you say something about Le'Veon. Look, I'm going to say this. Yeah. Look, it's the Super Bowl. Everybody's going to feel good for this game, right? You're going to see everybody oh, yeah. Yeah, no come out I'm, I'm good for this. I'm ready, I'm ready, to, I'm ready to get out there. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you're good? No, like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm I'm good. both hands straight. No, I no, I'm good. Three, three snaps max. Right. Yeah. All I all I got is the uh, run out in the intro, and maybe <laughs> maybe one lead. That's it. <laughs> I'm coming out, coming out like this. One lead block, and then what happened in the game? I <laughs> shoot, you got knocked out. <laughs> yeah, you got the face paint on and everything. You know what I'm saying? I'm, taped I'm up, my, I'm my taped up. Yeah, <laughs> yep. I got all of it. One play done. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Now, um, so t- talking about the, uh, I guess the uh, the pass rush aspect and why the, the concern there, uh, even when we did have Fisher, um, remember the second half of that Buccaneers game, they started to mount a comeback where they were getting pressure without blitzing. And I remember we, we were driving at one point, they had the strip sack on Mahomes, they got the ball back and they scored on that drive. Um, just, I mean, that, that, that's just something that, you know, they have the ability to get after the quarterback. But now, and, and I will say this, you know, I, I think we were talking about the Buccaneers Great defense, great pass rush, but everyone said the same thing about the Niners last year, and I think the Niners' pass rush and defense was more formidable than the Tampa Bay uh, defense that we're looking at now. So maybe you know it's just as because as the opponent we're seeing right now, we're, we're, we're maybe fans and you know certain analysts are overblowing what we're seeing with Tampa. But I think the Niners' defense last year, I think doesn't even compare to what we're seeing with Tampa this year. Eric, you, 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 you were not Man, we was, there. No, I was gonna say shoot, we were down almost two scores going to fourth quarter. Yeah. Oh, no? for sure. So, that, yeah. that was that was the thing about it. those guys coming back, and I, I just watched the game over again because I had to see it, man. It was just so much energy watching the Super Bowl, and, and I was just looking at. It, I'm like, man, I had no idea it was down by by two scores going to the fourth quarter. Yeah, like with oh yeah, like eight minutes left in the game. I mean, that's how that's, that's how it was because the uh, the, the pass rush was so dynamic. Bosa was getting in there, the mm-hmm. other guy was getting in there, so they was they they was handling Kansas City pretty hand, handily offensively, and yeah. then of course. Tyreek hits a, a big one, right? And then uh, Kelsey got one and, and scored a touchdown. And then once they got the momentum, it seemed like San Francisco, you had to rely on Garoppolo, which you really didn't want to do. You didn't, you didn't want to put it in that guy's hand. And, you know, he, he came out there, it was shaky, and, and you can see it. You can see it. So you're saying, <laughs> yeah, look, yeah. Tom Brady's a whole different animal than Jimmy Garoppolo, right? So that, that's the thing about it. Tom and Joker ain't going to it. Hey, ice in his veins, man. So you know, it's I, I can't say Tom has been old steady Tom this year because he been he been out there giving that thing away like uh, Jameis Winston was <laughs> last year a little bit. So, <laughs> hey, but throw him up, right? yeah. we'll, we'll take him. Now, right, yeah, <laughs> I, I will agree that, that he is. I will agree that he is great for what he does in these big moment games. But you know, he has this year. He, he's he's like I said. I don't know if it's a a Tampa-based system, but man, he fell right along that and just was throwing that thing away just like Jameis. So, yeah. I mean, if we're in position, we can make the plays because he's he's definitely gonna throw it away. But they got a great team. You know, they got a great guy leading it that's been there uh, ten plus times, so uh, he knows what it takes. Uh, but yet, we were there last year, so we know what it takes. Yeah. 
All right, so our next concern, it's been kind of a slow week as far as, you know, as far as the media aspect of it with, you know, getting players to comment on certain players. But, um, you know, we talked about bulletin board material on the show. And uh, yesterday, Scotty Miller, the uh, receiver for the Buccaneers, was on, I think, the Dan Patrick show. He was, he was on a show, and he was telling the um, he was telling the, the announcer that uh, he's faster than Tyreek Hill. He's the fastest player in the league. And I know that over the last two days, they've been trying to uh, get our players to comment on it. Dan Patrick asked Mahomes about it. Mahomes just giggled and he goes, well, I'm, I'm glad he's got, he's confident and, uh, but I'll take my guy. And uh, Tyreek Hill also applauded uh, Scotty Miller saying that as well. I mean, is this, is this bulletin more material for Tyreek Hill? Or I mean, is this just like one of those things he's a laugh about? Or is this anything that he can, he can use to his advantage going into the Super Bowl? Yeah, I don't, you know, I've always been a player. I just never believe in bulletin board material, especially in the Super Bowl. If you need some motivation to get up for the Super Bowl, then you, you're in the wrong sport. I, you know, for me, I never play harder or go try to block someone harder because they made a comment. You're going to go out and play. That's that's fun. It's good for to talk about, you know, leading, you know, you always, there's always going to be a storyline in the Super Bowl. Uh, hopefully everything leading up to the Super Bowl is positive because unfortunately sometimes there's some negative things that come up. It, yeah, you don't need no, I don't think, yeah, you don't need no motivation for it. If you need motivation for the Super Bowl, like, yeah, I mean, nah, yeah. I mean, I don't especially think if you're talking about two guys racing each other, like, what's what's the point? Like, I mean, exactly. if you want some bulletin board material, if you really want some bulletin board material, you go back and watch that that uh Shannon Sharp and Ray Buchanan when the boys were there. That's 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 the kind of jump talk that you want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. Yeah, you know what, man? It, you know, to, to be honest with you, yeah, like like T. Rich said, man, it's entertainment. It's entertaining. That's good. First off, would have asked him what he was smoking before he got into the studio. You know, like, <laughs> what you on? What you, what you right now? You know? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. And then yeah, you know, and two, you know, is he like? He's not that top top guy to be like really talking that much noise. So to him, it's like, yeah, tongue in cheek. Hey, you know, I'm passing the type of deal. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll play the game. Sure. sure but it ain't got nothing to do with the game though. It has nothing to do with the it, game. It's, it's all entertainment. Yeah. And, and look, he, he's trying to make a good TV. That's good. That's all right. Oh, yeah. Neither That's one good. is going to cover each other. No. At all. Uh-uh. No. So, I, I, matter of fact, if I was Tyreek Hill, I'd say, look, you got to start below me before you even think about getting to me first, right? <laughs> He got started. Yeah, exactly. Little, yeah, start with you know some of these other guys first before you get to me. So he, he, he might not be able, he might not be able play, to run Tyreek. One big play right before halftime, and now he's he's somebody, you know. And I don't mean that. He I don't might mean not that be able to be respectful Kelsey. way, but <laughs> yeah, he I might not I, be able to outrun Kelsey. Do I? He might not be able to outrun Kelsey. <laughs> I don't know about that team. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. Hey, hey, you know, like you said, he caught one in, in, against King, but everybody was eating King's lunch too, man. I feel, I feel bad for him. Yeah, uh, up here at Green Bay, I feel bad for King, man. I was like, oh lord, he, he got torched oh, yeah. again. Yeah. Oh yeah. Twenty. Yeah. 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 Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny what you said about uh, the bulletin board material, uh, Tony. Um, that earlier, before we got on the show, uh, Chris Jones was doing his um, his media time, and he was talking about how he looks for motivation where he goes to Twitter and he gets a lot of his motivation through seeing tweets that you know negative tweets about him that 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 fuels his fire. He said, "Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if that's you know, some players you know do that thing. Uh, funny enough, so working with Legends community, uh, John Randall uh, is obviously in Minnesota." And so John, the same thing, but he wouldn't go to Twitter 
he would go to the media guy and find out stuff about players, like what kind of car they drive. He tells me all kinds of stories about what kind of car they drive. He said he was telling this one story. He had this one guy, and he was a rookie, and he had told a rookie he knew exactly what two cars he just bought. And he told him that he broke into the locker, had somebody break in the locker and stole his car keys. <laughs> and the, rookie, and the, the, and the second half of the game, the rookie was so scared. He, John was in his head all day, all, all first quarter. And the second, <laughs> second half, he didn't, he didn't come out of the locker room. He was so scared. He thought John had got to his house and got, he's like, man, how does man know what I drive? So, you know, and he, John was just one of those guys. But, you know, I, if Chris Jones said he needs more, I don't think I went. And they turn the lights on in Tampa, and, and they strike. Jimmy said, "When they strike up the band, he's gonna be ready to go." Yeah, that's you know, it. That's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. And uh, so we're gonna go to a little bit, staying with the Chiefs topics. Uh, but this is something that uh, people are already talking about. You know, in case we do win, you know, the potential of going back to back and then going back to back to back to three peating next year. We're gonna bring back our pretty much our entire coaching staff. Uh, it's pretty much seal the deal that Eric Bieniemy is not going to be getting a head coaching job this year. Um, so everyone's, you know, a lot of fans are happy that, you know, he'll be coming back, but also disappointed that he didn't get a job. Um, and now with, with this, the coaching vacancies, only two minority coaches uh, uh, was uh, C- Coach Sala for the New York Jets and then uh, Coach David Culley um, with the Houston Texans, which that was the number one job for Bieniemy, which he didn't get. Um, what does it kind of say to you that um, I, I guess how disappointed are you that, that Coach Bianami didn't get a, a look at a, at a head coaching position this this year? What, what does it what does that kind of say to you guys? To me, it's very disappointing. Um, and in my own selfish way, I'm kind of happy he's still with the Chiefs. Uh, but as an overall uh, goal of his, I mean, everybody wants to be in that position to lead their own team, especially when you've worked so hard and uh, put in the years and the times that that, that he has. Uh, and he's also put in the grit because he's the next player. So, yes, I think he's earned his way, his, 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 his way into a head coaching position. And to have such a successful career lately as of, you know, what he's accomplished in the last few years just with the Chiefs, you know, I, I think he would have been a front runner. And just to see how a lot, so many teams have passed on him and, and uh, so many other, you know, uh, African-American coaches that have been passed upon. It, it's, it's kind of disgusting to, to see it. Um, you know, I, I don't know what goes through the heads and minds of these uh, owners uh, and franchises as to why they don't want to take chances on, on, on a, a black coach. Um, but I, I, we put in the same work. You know, we put in the same time. Uh, we're just not given the same opportunities. And that's that's kind of sad to see that we're still and especially with so much of what we've gone through, you know, not to bring up anything negative, but with the Trump administration and what uh, how that exposed so many people uh, to racism and. Uh, hatred and the Black Lives Matter stuff and all that stuff that came up and and, and um, how the NBA has taken a hold of uh, you know letting players wear these logos and, and, and names uh, upon on on their uh, their gear. You think we've come such a long way, but then you look at where we are with the uh, minority coaches in the NFL, and we're just we're we're far away from where we thought we were. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. And, and like I said, I had, uh, you know, EB is my running back coach and just saw like, you know, when I was in Minnesota and just saw, uh, you know, how disciplined he was, um, how much of a people person he, that he was, what is um, the X's is no part of it. I mean, he coached Adrian Peterson. I mean, we literally, I got a football on my, uh, on my deal where we rest for 395 yards. He, AP had like 300 of them. You know what I mean? So it's like, he knows how to work with that star player. AP was the fifth pick of the draft. Then obviously you fast forward to Patrick Mahomes 
and having a first round quarterback and having to deal with, um, you know, and Alex Smith and having to make that transition and then working with Patrick Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes has nothing but positive things to say about DB. And, you know, you can say he's not, he's a coordinator. He's not calling a play. He's been, you know, you, he's standing by Andy Reid at all times. You know what I mean? So I think for me, like he says, it's very disappointing because here's a man that I know is qualified. Um, he's put the time in not only as a player, but as a coach as well, and he deserves it. And I just don't, I don't know what else, I mean, I don't know what else he needs to do. And so it's very sad. And, you know, obviously we still got so much work to do. And you look at, well, I think, what do we have? Three African-American head coaches in the league now, which is out of 32. And it's, that's a shame. I mean, you got Mike Tomlin, the new coach in uh, uh, oh. Dolphins. Yeah, so you got three African-American coaches. That's it, oh. three. And that's a shame. That's, it's sad. It really is where our, our league is 70, I think 74%, you know, African-American players. And we have three, you know, two or one just got hired yesterday, today. So that's, that's, an, that's a really an embarrassment on the league. And we just still have a lot more work to do. You know what, man, it, it just, it really tells about, like, like he was talking about how far we really have to go. And so you had yeah. to really have a deep, serious conversation of why this keeps happening. And to me, to be honest with you, it's not even just the fact that we're not hiring African-American coaches. It's also the fact that you're getting guys who's not even really qualified to be coaches in, in, in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, we're getting guys who's in their 30 years old, in their 30s, coming from college, you know, to be head coaches in the NFL. Like when yeah. you're talking about, you know, the standard that you're looking for. And when I look at it, and, and I'm sure these guys agree with me, when you got a guy in front of you, who's going to be your coach that commands respect, who has a body of work like EB does. I mean, it, guys are going to always instantly relate to a guy like that, right? So you got this guy that's coming in who, who doesn't really have a body of work, hasn't really put the time in, and you're trying to get like instant credibility. It's just going to be hard, in, in, especially dealing with, with veterans. I don't know if I'm sitting over there in, in, in the locker room, in the meeting room, I'm looking at a guy who's 30-something years old, and I'm sitting there like, man, you, you're just a few years older than my oldest child. You sitting over here trying to yeah. tell me what to do and I'm supposed to be motivated by you? It, it just it just really misses me, you know, when I hear things like it and I see it because it's, it, it really has to go into the conversation about what is it that, you know, guys are not doing and, and you can't really change anybody's heart and their mind, right? Even regardless of, of all the social justice issues that we've been dealing with, guys are still going to have that same stigma about, well, I don't think this guy right here is qualified to do the job. Well, why not? What, what, what is it about him that is telling you that he's not qualified to do the job? And what is it about African-American coaches that's telling you they can't run my football team? So it's, it's really, I mean, it's, it's really disheartening to see that, you know, support. It really is. Not to mention, just not in the NFL, but in, in college football as well. I mean, we know guys, yeah. are, I mean, extremely qualified to be put in position to run the team. And so we know for a fact that, yeah, you know what, when guys do come in as African-American coaches, shoot, you got to work extra hard just to keep that job, right? You don't necessarily have the safety net, you know, to, 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 to lose games where something happens that all of a sudden, if he's not having a, a successful season, then all of a sudden he gets canned and they don't have a chance to go somewhere else to get a head coaching job. But uh, David Culley was up in, in Philly uh, uh, when I was there. Look, David's a great guy. He really is. And I understand the Chiefs, you know, want EB to still be there is just a selfish part of it. But everybody knows, man, he deserves a head coaching job. I don't even know how you, you feel. Let me say, I'm going to say something, something, something crazy about this situation. 
Okay. So I, the craziest thing about EB not going anywhere, we know Andy Reid's up there in age. Don't know how much longer he's going to be around. We know that Eric Bieniemy has got a great relationship with Patrick Mahomes. Who's to say he can't, you know, convince Patrick to leave and come with him at, at some point? You know, if you're trying to build towards uh, uh, winning a championship, you already know that Patrick is a great piece. Mm-hmm. You know what helped Patrick get there, and that's EB. You know, whether yeah. it's Andy Reid's the head of it or not, we already know the the, the where Eric Bieniemy sits at within that organization. How much he means to that organization. How much he means to those players. How he communicates to those players. How you miss out on something that big, I just don't. I don't see it. You know, I, I don't understand yeah. it. So uh, that's that's the selfish part, though. He that's exactly what that's the selfish part. So he has yeah. so much he can give. If he goes down to Houston, right? Uh, Deshaun Watson staying. No, no question about it, right? And he's sitting there like, look, man, you got the guy in here that I want that I can, you know, he, he can rally me up. If if he can do anything for me, what he's done for Patrick Mahomes, man, keep him here, right? The city would want something like that. But then all of a sudden, you, you know, and, and like the selfish attitude of, of, of like, look, yeah, I want you to stay here. But look, man, look, he, he can do a whole lot for the entire league. I don't care where he goes. He's yeah. going to be su- successful and deal with these guys, any organization that he goes into. So I, yeah. I think it's the point you're making, right? You, is that what you're, you're kind Pretty of saying? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, we're, we're not going to lose Patrick Mahomes no matter what. I, I was just throwing a little scenario <laughs> out there. <laughs> but but, but how, how, how funny is it if you're in a, if you're in a Houston uh, locker room, and I, I heard this on uh, uh, TV today. So uh, the new head coach in Houston, he's 65. That's not a 10-year plan. That's not that's a no. that's a pack. He's, he's yeah. 65, so you know the grind of what it takes to be a head coach in this league. And he's 65 years old. He ain't coaching until he's 75. So if I'm a young guy like Deshaun, I want to get out of there because he's, what, he's 24, 25. And, you know, he's going to like, okay, so in two years, three years, I'm going to have a new head coach. Like, why am I, why are we going to try to build something? And this cat, you know, you, you don't, how many 67-year coaches, 67, 70-year-old coaches you have in the league? You just can't, you can't keep up with that pace. So, I just, it's a poor hire. I'm not going to say it's, I shouldn't say it's a poor hire because I know he's qualified. I just think if, if, you know, for the players in that locker room, the J.J. Watt, you know, guys that, you know, their future, they want to win. Not saying he won't win, but, you know, what's our, what's our long-term? That's not the long-term hire when you hire a 65-year-old head coach. That's true. And, and he's not, that, yeah, if he Dick Vermeil, yeah, you can do that because Dick Vermeil just come back from winning the Super Bowl. But you got a, head, a coach now that's never been, a, he's never been a coordinator. Nor a head coach. And, and T. Rich, we don't. I, I, I don't want you. To, I don't want it to come across like you, you talking like discrediting this coach because like oh, he no, is an American coach, and I, and I think he's exactly he, he should be given the, the opportunity. But we're we're talking more as so as to what Eric B. Enemy was was kind of slighted on. Like there's no way oh, this yeah, man no should have not been picked up or, or yeah. at least for, on any team right now. Man, I, oh, look, sure. I give, yeah, I, yeah, no doubt. I give you the perfect example, uh, Vrabel. Vrabel's coming in, a young guy in his 40s. You know, EB's, what, 50, 52, something like that? I mean, he, yeah. he, he's relatively young. And so we, we're talking about a guy that, that's in that realm and in that age where you come in who's oh, played yeah. the ball before. The guys can actually sure. lock into and say, look, you've done it before. If I know that oh, you, yeah. you, look, you've been in that grind, you'd have strapped it on. So yeah. I know immediately I'm sitting over here saying, look, look, this guy right here knows exactly what it takes to win a, a, a championship. He's been there. He's been in the fire before. He's he's been forged yeah. by it, and so yeah. I, I just I have a hard time when I'm sitting there and I, I'm looking at guys kind of I don't really say pencil pushers or pencil necks trying to come in and, and trying to assert some type of you, you know credibility when you just mm-hmm. don't really have it. 
I mean, I mean, seriously, I just, I just really have an issue and a problem with that. And also, too, going to like David Coley's age, sixty-five years old. Why did it take him so long at sixty-five? Yeah, I mean, David yeah. Coley's been coaching for a long time. You know. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny, Stephen A. Smith, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that point up because we're, we're obviously we're standing on the table. We applied that an African American coach got the job, but it's almost like when we get the job, it's that they put us in a position to fail. You know what I mean? Because you already know he's going to have a short leash. You know, he's 65 years old. They're not they're not giving him a 10-year plan to turn this organization around. You know what I mean? So yeah. he's going to have a one-year, a two-year, a three-year. And so why do we have to get the jobs that they set you up to fail? You know what I mean? Like, he's not getting, the, you know, at 65, he's not getting the, the, the Chargers job where you got arguably the, the quarterback rookie of the year that you're going to build. He's not getting, he can't get that job, but you're going to get a job where it's dysfunction, like all the stuff that's been reported in Houston is dysfunction. You know, J.J. Watts calling out people. Deshaun wants to leave, and then now you're going to give him this job, and he got a no-win situation. Now the quarterback wants out. Who are you going to have? Now, now he's starting from scratch. He's going to have a two-year, three-year leash, and then, you know, then we're going to be back in this. We're going to be back there again, and we'll fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And that's, and that's unfortunate. Yeah. And I think one of, one of the, the, the sicker parts about the whole thing is – you know, like the, the thing for years is um, Stephen A. Smith always talks about it. The African-American quarterback, you know, they, they, if you go back to it, everyone always says, oh, they're not smart enough to play quarterback. That, that's been a, a long time thing going back to the 70s and 80s, yep, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And then re, you, re, you recycle that to, and, you know, put it in frame it into what's going on right now. The, the rumors of uh, Air Coach Bannamy not being a good interviewer, but then you see him respond back to a question, uh, and he had this really eloquent response about how he wants to oh, be. Oh, yeah. Of course he wants to be a head coach yeah. in this league. But then you look at the Detroit Lions. I'm not trying to dog any, any coach here, but you look at the Detroit Lions <sighs> head coach. Bite his, your ankle. Yeah, bite your kneecaps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bite your kneecaps. And he got four personal fouls. He already been struck out the game. Like, dude, you out. <laughs> you know, they're talking about bite you. You knock me down, I'm going to bite you again. Like, you can't be out here biting people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. You're saying, you're saying Coach Bianami is not not a good interview, but yet that that guy. I mean, I'm not I'm not talking about. I'm just going by his press conference. But that guy's a better interviewer than Coach. Yeah, he, he damn near speaking a uh, bounty gate, whatever. What they call that? Great right, right, yeah, the bounty gate. Yeah, <laughs> biting people, biting people ankles. You know, they was coming to Mike like, hold on, wait a minute, you can't say that. Wait a minute, hold on, hey, hey. you cannot say that. <laughs> you know, bite somebody kneecap. Right. <laughs> Yeah. It's it just, it's just, it's disheartening, man, to really see it. To be honest with you, it really is, and that's what I'm talking about, man. We got to have a real meaty conversation about why these things happen. And it, it, the crazy part is because, and, and, and T. Rich knows this. We have so many programs in a, in, in a NFL for guys to kind of get put in position to help out. You know, they have the, the Rooney Rule and whatnot, but is it just let me, uh, you know, appease guys for the, this moment to bring them in and say, okay, but you're not really, really, truly. You know, trying yeah. to hire me, you know, you just bring me as a token because you got to do fit this quota. I think it's mad. It's just we got to have a real deep conversation about what's going on right now in the NFL. Yeah, it's sad, it's man. Funny, it's funny. Like with Atlanta, Atlanta turns it, they get rid of their head coach and they, they, you know, Raheem Morris takes over as intern coach. They weren't a great team, but heck, he at least turns around and make them play. They, they play harder than yeah. they had played first half of the season. And I thought he'd get the job. You know, they just look right over him. Yeah, you know, it's funny because, J.D., you made a good point that the criteria every year, it changes. So they're like, okay, well, you got to be a coordinator. Okay, EB's a coordinator. Oh, you got to work with the quarterback. Okay, EB works with the quarterback. Like, what else? Like, it's like, what else you what else you want him to do? Do you want him to, uh, like, well, I don't know what else. Because that's what they always say. Like, yeah. okay, to be, you got to get a head coaching job, you got to be the defense coordinator, offense coordinator. Okay, EB's the offense coordinator. 
okay, well, you got to be able to work with the quarterback. Who I, you got the best you quarterback? Get, you got to go through the Browns crew right, right now. Here. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, what else you got? It doesn't say, do you cut the grass too? Yeah, do you cut the grass? You got yeah. ankles? Okay, all right, yeah. I, yeah. I think I, I did the math from from the time that Mike Brabel left Kansas City. He was fast-tracked to a head coaching job, I think, within five years, five or six years. Brabel's done a good job. Yeah. I take none from Brabel. No, no, that, and I'm not saying that, job. though. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that, look, without a doubt, he earned that. But why is yeah. it that, you know, when you're sitting there, you, you're trying to consider other guys, who could have easily been in that position? Shoot, I played with Deuce Staley. How come Philly ain't you ain't trying to get Deuce Staley up there in Philly? Yeah, what's going on, man? That, that 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 hurt me. That was, hurt me, bro. That hurt me. Yeah, man. Yeah. That, that, they was wrong yeah, for that. That hurt me. Yeah, they was wrong for that. Seriously, yeah, that hurt me. Yeah. And, and and the fact that how they did him, dude, because it's like okay, he interviewed for a coordinator, didn't get that. Then he interviewed for a head coach job, didn't get. I'm like, come on, man, don't don't do that, man, like that. That man's been nothing but loyal. Uh, knows the heartbeat of the team, all the players. Like he had players that weren't even on the team trying to talk to the owner, like, man, you get this is the guy you got to hire. And then you yeah. go get a guy. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Yeah. That, that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, you look at, I mean, I, everyone always has to like own theories on things. People think, look, maybe this is a blessing in disguise. Maybe Coach Reed retires after next year and then. Boom! He hands the keys to the kingdom to uh, Coach Bianami. Maybe I mean, maybe I mean, maybe that's what it is. Maybe, but yeah. It, how long? How long you got to wait? How long you got to wait to the guy? Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Please. Mahomes. Yeah, Mahomes I mean, because honestly, if I'm, if I'm Andy <laughs> Reid, I'm not leaving till that contract is up. <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm not. I'm not leaving till Patrick Mahomes. I'm riding. That's what I'm talking about, Patrick I'm Mahomes. Contract. I'm riding that bargain until until they run out of uh, Jack Stack Barbecue. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> you know they ain't running out of Jack Stack. Yeah. I'm riding that. Rolling out that wheelchair. <laughs> exactly. Calling call plays from the car. <laughs> yeah. Just the the last thought on that for me is is that I think that for years I talked about the quarterback aspect. I think now in 2020, I think the African-American quarterbacks have kicked, you know, that barrier, you know, and got that out of the way, you know, all Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. Um, I'm definitely forgetting others, but those are, those are top with Deshaun Watson. Those are top quarterbacks in the league. So the African-American quarterbacks can't play. Okay. So now the, the, the new enemy is the, the fact that, Oh, you know, maybe Eric coach the enemy can't, he doesn't interview. Well, is that, is that, is that the modern day version of African-American quarterbacks can't play in the NFL? I mean, we have Coach. I don't Tom. know what what I don't know what criteria that they're going through. Uh, how, with with interviews, um, it, overall, it's just it's still saddening to yep. see that you know you don't have enough of our faces uh, leading teams uh, on on Sundays. Being that we we put the work in, we put the time in. We, you know, we those playbooks aren't easy. You know, and having to relate to those players isn't easy. Um, but these these guys have dedicated themselves to the game and to the players. Um, and I'm pretty sure they do a really, really good job of leading a team uh, throughout a season, but they're just not given a chance. Yeah, and I think that, you know, you talk about interview well. To me, the number one criteria is wins and losses. That's the word yeah. of performance business. Yeah. So you want me to interview well and knock you knock your socks off in the, in the interview and go, you know. And lose. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, and lose. Yeah, you want me to go 2-14 and 14 and, and 1-15 and 15 and lose because I interview well? Like, nah, I'm not buying that at all. It's just, it's just another excuse, but. You know, but you know, in Houston, you know, that's the same owner that said, you know, don't let the prisoners run the asylum. Like, you know, oh, I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you talk about stuff like that. So there's obviously some deep ingrained stuff that, you know, 
that that's for a whole nother podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's like the, you know, it's a proof in the pudding. You know, look at Coach Bianami's body of work, and that, that, that's it. You know, and interviewing well, yeah. hearing the guy talk, I, I can listen to Coach Bianami talk at a press conference all day long. So I don't know how he's doing. Yeah. So it's yeah. Yeah, I think his resume speaks for itself. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And I will say, you know, being uh, part Middle Eastern myself, uh, it was it's nice to see uh, Coach Sala get a head coaching uh, job. That was good. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, big time. And, and that was one of the guys Watson wanted uh, Houston interview. He said Coach Biennemi and Coach Sala, those are the two guys, and they did, I don't think they interviewed either one of them. <laughs> or no, they did interview yeah. Biennemi after the fact, after that that made to the press, so. Oh, oh yeah. It was, it was that token. It was that. Oh, I hate to use the word token. Right, right. That's that token. That's that. But you know the sad part about it is because, because, uh, and the sad part about it, which is funny, I didn't even realize this, that the interviews, the majority interviews were over Zoom. So you can't even take a two hour out of your day to interview this man over Zoom, like what we're doing right now. Like just, you could, that should have been one of your first, it's two hours, two hours out of your day. You're not flying him in, you know, on the private plane and you got to take him out to, the, uh, what Jimmy Ray say that that Ruth Chris place, yeah, Ruth Chris, right. and, uh, and, and that Capital uh, Capital Houston, you know Jimmy, that's Houston and Capital Grill. Uh, it, was, it was a two different, but yeah, I, I see you down there at the Capital Capital Houston. No man, I'm at Houston, so uh, uh, so it's not like you you're not doing all that. You're not having them to the facility like it's a two hour block of your time to sit and you can interview as many candidates as you like. And the fact that they didn't even do that, you know, until until the end when they got so much press, it's very disappointing. Well, you know, hopefully Coach Bianami gets a job, uh, head coaching gig next year. But, you know, as selfish as a Chief fan, it's good. it'll be nice to have him back next year. Uh, but hopefully he gets that gig that, you know, the gig is perfect for him uh, next year. Um, if it's not staying in Kansas City being the head coach, if, if Coach Reed decides to uh, move on. But um, we're going to go to our final segment, which is our Chiefs Kingdom concern segment, where I look at all the Chiefs Kingdom hot takes and get each of you to respond to one. Our first Chiefs Kingdom concern is actually specific for you, J.D. Uh, at Ghost of Harar uh, tweeted at our account this week. Uh, he said, it's early in the week, but don't forget about me. I have a question for the podcast for J.D. With both Kansas City starting tackles down, what do the Chiefs need to do with their extra tight ends or blocking scheme to compensate? Obviously, he would know. You are the master in this. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I, I, you know what? I've, I've been watching a lot of the, the, the blocking tight ends, uh, you know, just throughout the entire league. And uh, you can bring an extra tight end, an extra body in. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm going to be a little bit critical here. You know, some of, some of the blocking's from, you know, uh, the tight ends from Kansas City have been kind of abysmal. It really has been. So, I think if they do a much better job, I mean, this game right here, you have to come in, you actually got to put a body up on a guy. So that, that is something that you could possibly do, bring it another tight end in. Plus it gives you the element of maybe like a, a, a screen pass to the tight end or maybe just a lead pass that you may need uh, in, in, in case of bringing the pressure. Uh, but also too, like we were just talking about before, you got to slide the protection to certain guys uh, and then actually, you know, keep that extra back in too. Because you just don't want to, you know, mess with the integrity of what you do offensively, where you had to do match protection. I don't think you had to get to that point, but yeah, extra tight end, and then of course that back coming in with the chip uh, is going to be able to help. But also too, like like T. Rich said, you can't do like a seven yard a, a step drop. Those guys are fast enough to get open, so get the ball out your hand quick, find the, the windows and the holes. Let's go, let's move the change. So that's what it would be. But hopefully, tight ends, backup tight ends, 48, do a much better job. Period. T-Rich, do you think they get, uh, bring in to get some uh, Sherman some more burn this week to uh, co- 
you know, to help out if we were having troubles with the uh, tackles? Yeah, you know, obviously, you know, as Eddie said, when you can get, you know, extra tight end involved or your fullback, um, there's different things that you can do, like, you know, chipping on the way out, um, you know, being in the, you know, B gap. But that's not really that, you know, it's funny that, like Eddie said, you don't really want to change your scheme because, you know, the Chiefs have never really been a, a max protection screen. I mean, where you just have like two receiver route open and if they're not open, you're not with they, I think they're going to keep the offense, you know, like Jim Ray would say, open it up. I think they're going to continue to keep it open and, uh, and you know, just play the game. But, you know, there's some things you can do because you see the creativity of the, the underneath shovel pass. Sherman caught one. Kelsey caught one. There's, there's so many things you can do. And I think J.D. made a great point early on. Is like you, you know, you got to make them cover every blade of grass. So you're not going to play in a phone booth. So, you know, all kinds of so many different ways to be able to control that, that, that pass rush. But the key thing is you just got to stay above the sticks and you got to stay above the scoreboard because you don't want to get into, you know, a 17-3 game and you got to drop back seven, you know, seven-step drop. That, that's not going to work well. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, having Sherman, you know, in the game and just helping out, I think that would definitely, uh, you know, occasionally, you know, I'm not, I don't think we need to line up in two tight ends and uh, a fullback and, and a tailback and put, put uh, Mahomes in the eye. I mean, we ain't doing that. So, yeah, day's over. <laughs> Now, I think that with JBP and, and, and Shaq Barrett, their speed coming up the field, it kind of hurts them. So I don't know if they, if we want to, don't get away from the offensive game plan. We've already seen every game this season, Patrick is almost more dangerous outside the pocket than he is. So the defensive line has got to play more honest and not try to get up the field too fast on him. Because once he's out of the pocket, now your entire defense is, 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 at a, is, 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 uh, is held captive. And, and he's gonna pick you apart, whether it's take off running and get those those crucial chunk yards, or he's gonna throw some phenomenal pass down the field. So it's a matter of Tampa knowing that they can't get up the field too fast anyway, because once he's out of the pocket, he's he's almost as dangerous as he is uh, in the pocket. All right, all right. Next Chiefs Kingdom concern is from at Matt Verderami. He tweeted, I'm watching the all 22 of the Kansas City Buffalo game. And the Chiefs' secondary, both in man and zone concepts, was extraordinary. It was a masterclass. Eric, what did you notice from the secondary this past weekend? They played well. They all, every guy was disciplined. They they held tight to coverage. Uh, zone coverage was also there, and, and, and sat well. Uh, we just got to play that way throughout the Super Bowl game. I thought Tyron Matthews stepped up and played really well. He was in the backfield a lot, created some big uh, some havoc in, in the backfield. Uh, um, against Buffalo, and, and, and he's he's been a playmaker for us all year. And Sorensen is the one that's really stepped up this season um, to prove that, that he's worthy of, of uh, holding it down and, and hopefully, uh, uh, you know, coming back next year. So I like what we have. We got some great young corners. Uh, the the two, two safeties together play well together. You know, you, we have Tyron that just that free range of motion to either drop in coverage, cover somebody man-to-man, or he's blitzing in the backfield. And Sorensen has been a, a – a difference maker also with uh, some big picks. So uh, I just like the discipline that we've had. Uh, the coverage schemes have been great. You know, nothing crazy. You know, we don't have corners out there blitzing and uh, defensive ends dropping into deep third. So uh, we, we, we've done a good job of play calling defensive-wise, and the guys have lived up to it. J.D., Tony, you guys notice anything from the secondary? No, that's uh, – uh, yes. Go ahead, Rich. No, I was going to say, um, you know, it's funny. I, and I, I think it was a Cleveland game. 
and uh, there was a clip they were showing, and, and uh, Darren had the honey badger came down, and the, t- the tackle just waylaid him. And he got up, he got up and was like jumping around. He was like, tackle for a loss, tackle for a loss. <laughs> when you have stuff, when you have stuff like that, because he's, for me, he's a tempo setter. Uh, when you got safeties to come down and, and, I mean, he literally, he got like blew up. Like, yeah, he got, he got that, that, sec, that sec makes it happen. You got jacked up. <laughs> they don't do that no more because of the concussions. But, uh, but no, nah, but the thing about it is he realized where he fits in. Like, okay, you got to take that for the team because That's obviously fine. by you taking up that tackle, then or the guard whoever pull that allows someone else to come make the play so they're working well together um you know to me honey badger is having a i guess he didn't make all pro he's having a, an incredible season and um those guys are working well together and it, it's going to, and that's where you, the communication um they just have to be on the same uh same page you know no blow assignments and different things like that which they've been really really good you know the second half of the season so uh yeah i, I like the secondary how to plan Man, I think it's this is this is this is for the secondary to step up this week. I mean, they they got a tough uh, road ahead of them. You got you got Evans, you got uh, uh, Miller, Goodwin. you got Gronk, you got Goodwin. AB is uh, is AB coming back? Is is yeah, yeah. AB back too. So so it's it's gonna be tough for them, man. They're, they're gonna be put out there, man. So it's gonna be a, a great competitive game for them to see what they can necessarily do. Thornhill played a great game, like you said. Hunting Badger came down into the box. So they're gonna have a running game too. You know they're gonna run the football with Fournette and, and uh, the other guy. I can't think of his name. Um, yeah, and, and so and Fournette, Fournette getting it done. Yeah, I was. I was yeah, I Man. thought he was kind of, you know, leaving Jacksonville and then kind of slowly. The last few games in the playoffs, man, that cat's been coming on. He's gonna be something we got to deal with. Right, right. Yeah, he gets so, downhill fast. Yeah. Man. So it's it's gonna be a, a, a great a great game, man. Great matchup. You know, good competition, good challenge for him. So we, we'll just have to see, man. We'll just have to see. But those guys are playing at a high level right now. So I, I like the secondary for the Chiefs. I do. Awesome. All right, guys. So that does it for our part one of our two-week Super Bowl preview. We'll see you next week where we continue our Super Bowl preview and get down to the Super Bowl predictions. I'm sure everyone knows what I, where our guys are going to go for this one. Um, if anyone in Chiefs Kingdom has any Chief Concerns for these guys, please tweet at us at @concernschief And please subscribe and follow Chief Concerns on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Tony, it was an honor to have you on the show, man. Thank you. Appreciate it, my brother. Appreciate like it, my brother. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, it's always good to see the, the green eye bandit and see the man who's going to be late to his uh, 200, <laughs> 200 year old funeral. So, <laughs> nah, it was good, man. It's, it's good stuff. I love, I love the, uh, the platform. You guys are doing a really good job. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.